the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRockstra. With the House expected to vote on two articles of impeachment against President Trump next week, which would then push the matter to the Senate for trial after the new year, A Democrat member of the House Judiciary Committee is calling on Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to recuse himself from any future proceedings. Democrat Val Demings of Florida on Friday called on Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to recuse himself from the Senate impeachment trial, citing the GOP leader's remarks the previous night about coordinating with the White House. McConnell said during an interview on Fox News Thursday night, everything I do, I'm coordinating with the White House counsel. There will be no difference between the president's position and our position as to how to handle this to the extent that we can. Demings accused the GOP leader of promising to sabotage the trial. Bernie Bennett, Capitol Hill. uh, Senator McConnell's office did not react to those comments. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas doesn't think it's healthy to generalize. Because I take Me Too very seriously, but at the same time, I think we we have to try to, we have to think it through. It's very easy to throw everybody under the same bus. I think, you know what, no. Mm. Uh, There are big differences between um, what some people have done and what other people have done. And we're going to have to at least uh, figure our way through that, to be fair. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Intelligent Radio. Here's your Great Plains windows and doors forecast for the rest of the day. Decreasing clouds, a high of seventeen tonight. It's going to get chilly, a low of negative seven. There are only eleven days until Christmas. Are you still on the naughty list from last year's Christmas gift? Make this year one to remember with a special gift from Wix and Jewelers in Bloomington. Open extended hours every day until Christmas. Hour 2 of the Northern Alliance Radio Network headliner Mitch Berg is coming up next. This is the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's great to be back in Minnesota today. Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Berg. Welcome back, Twin Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing. The bright, shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, institutional blue, the Northern Alliance Radio Network. My name is Mitch Berg. My blog is shotinthedark.info. My program, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, just a couple months shy of our 16th anniversary on the air, still dominating uh, Twin Cities weekend radio like uh, like, a, like a tank going over barbed wire. I don't, that, 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 that went dark. I, I, I just want to cut back to it right here. Ooh. I've been watching a lot of World War I movies lately oh. here. Okay. You see, and uh, and the voice you hear, by the way, across the aisle from me, uh, King Banyan from the King Banyan Radio Show every Saturday morning, nine to eleven, on our sister station, AM fourteen forty, The Businessman. Good afternoon. That's right. Great to have you here, Ed Morrissey from Hot Air and the Ed Morrissey Show uh, of podcasting. Ed, howdy, longtime co-host, uh, Brad Carlson, the newbie, after eight years, finally earning his seat on these cultural assassination. Shows. It is an honor <laughs> having too much fun, Mitchburg. Too Ed, much fun. Excellent. And by the way, these are the shows that uh, that that everyone says these are my favorite shows of the year which does my ego fine but that's fine in fact even our producer uh said yeah this may be a podcast i actually listen to here wow so, uh by the high way, praise high yeah, praise right. yeah yeah you see see mine. see the the, the producer <laughs> <laughs> Producer has not yet gotten a nickname from this broadcast here, and with lines like that, uh, it, it, since his first the initial of his first name is E, uh, is strong candidate for E raced as as is uh, shown. Wow! Oh, <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. The kidding. Bison hung on, Mitch, nine to yeah, three. Yes. Hung on. They dominated. They prevailed. They're on their way to Frisco. To it's carry a out. W. Yeah, well, that's, that's the right. bottom line. Yes, that's sir. right. Illinois State was tough. We knew that was going to be a tough one here, and yet they prevailed nine to three. It was a one touchdown game throughout, and yet. Uh, 
uh, the Bison showed the strength of their character. Anyway. So why are we all here? We're all here because we are going through all uh, the worst sitcoms of the 1980s. And if you have any commentary of your own, join us on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N Show. Operators are standing by. I am the operator. I'm standing by. I only have to do one quarter of the show today, so I've got time to do a little social media clowning around here as uh, Brad, King, and Ed uh, join me here as we do about roughly once a year. And we'll have to plan the next one here shortly because these are always a blast, an awful lot of fun. Uh, so uh, up next, uh, we, we, we're, uh, we're up to our number twos. We're through our first round. We're actually a little more relaxed than our normal show. We only have eight to get through in an hour this time. Usually we do one hour and nine uh, things yeah. to hit. So this is actually going to be kind of fun. Get to stretch out a little bit, do a jam. This is like going to a fish concert instead of Ramon's concert. <laughs> I may have just eaten up all the time we gained. But. I, I was going to say, you vamped away all advantages we had. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those prerogatives you have. Was, yeah. No, no, no. We, we got plenty of time here, sure. and we're going to need it, because the backstory to this one. So, <laughs> when, we last, when we last spoke, right. we were talking about Joni Loves Chachi, with, which, was, which was Mitch's number three show. Yep. Ran in 1983-84. Started out great. Ended up in the toilet. Uh, well, they, except they, for the started out it. great. Oh, that's ratings. Yeah, yeah the ratings. Yeah. So it yeah. started out great, ended up really bad, and so and so they they cut it after a year. But they had Scott Bayo under contract, and oh, so they had to, in fact, let him do another show. So they rolled out our number two show, Charles and Charles. I can actually sing along with this. In the neighborhood, oh! lives down the streets and eats understood. So Scott Bayo in this show becomes a college student. <laughs> He's a college student that ends up getting a gig as a, a live-in nanny for three younger kids, including an eighth-grade girl, which is awkward <laughs> as heck. Oh yeah, uh, and 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 has a friend played by Willie Ames who shows up in the Bible Man. Do you remember the Bible? I do Man? remember Bible Man. Okay. Yes. Uh, he showed okay. His so that, blessed breastplate of righteousness, yes, firmly right. secure. Yes. yes. So this show comes on. So here's the story why I wanted this one on. This happens to several of the shows in our list. This lasted a season. They tried to move this show. You can you can bring that down, please. <laughs> uh, and and wow. they they go ahead and play. They go ahead and try to move it off of the night they were running it. I forget who they were running it against. They were running it against it was on uh, CBS the initially, fall yeah. guy in Highway to Heaven. So it tanks on that night. They move it to Saturday night, which is usually the place where shows go to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it did. Okay. Uh, but because this was the period in which there was all these independent stations that needed content, NBC Universal buys this show. And spends two years developing it again. They roll it back out. And when they roll it back out, it's the same set. But they've lost all the original actors except for Scott Bayo and Willie Ames. So it's a new family oh, no. in the in the syndicated show. They did explain that. they Charles was away on a trip in the mountains. They couldn't get a hold of him. And while he was there, the old family sold the house, and the new family came in and said, yeah, we'll keep this nanny guy around. Perfectly sure. plausible. We've never met him, yeah, but we'll keep him around our three kids, plausible. including no two teenage rest. blonde girls. Sure, why not? That'll yeah. work. Yeah, it's the most awkward thing with, with, with yeah. I have no words. I have no words for this. It's a reverse we got it made. <laughs> hey, spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so any, any truth to the rumor that one of the members of the original family was Jeremy Gelblack's? <laughs> the, the original, I get that reference. The original drummer from the Partridge family yeah, disappeared right. without a trace. Was replaced with a completely blonde kid after oh, season one. Oh, that's hilarious! Well, there's a '70s TV that. reference. Well, well what's for interesting you. is Charles. You never knew his last name in this TV <laughs> show. He just went by Charles. And the rumor was because his the actress who played his mother. Uh, Ellen Travolta played his mother in this show, as she did in Happy Days and Joni Loves Chachi. So the rumor was this was an extension of Joni Loves Chachi. Chachi, Charles, because he can only answer to Charles, apparently. That's the only... Uh, right. Ah, so that was the rumor. It's It, it seems kind of silly because Charles in Charge was set in the 80s and uh, Joni Loves Chachi, what, in the 60s? It seems implausible. Right. So it couldn't so. be, but they, yeah, they, in the syndicated version, the mom 
shows up. Yeah, right. Uh, I forget uh, I forget who plays her, but uh, Ellen Travolta was the actress who played oh, Charles really? Mom. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, That's yeah. fascinating. As in Happy Days. Oh wow. So there you have it. I know none of this. I feel like one of those Kids who grew up in a I knew way much. house who comes to the big city and encounters TV. By the way, you've upped your game here, Brad, and you're, you're completely redeemed for a lot of these uh, earlier mistakes that you played in the first hour. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what mistakes were those? <laughs> well, you're going to get a chance to blow that recovery big time up next year because it's your turn now, Brad Carlson. So I'm going with a series. This is my uh, second worst uh, sitcom of the 1980s. Uh, it initially was on the air, I believe, on NBC, and uh, to follow this theme, it uh, didn't do well, and so they took a couple of years to develop it, apparently, and it's like, when it came back three years later in syndication, it's like, you took three years to come up with that? <laughs> uh, so this is a show entitled, We Got It Made. Uh, it's a story. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. A classic 80s sitcom opening where someone does these awkward dance moves and all of a sudden they freeze. Terry Copley! <laughs> da, da, da. Matt McCoy! <laughs> and it's Tom Ballard! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And dancing and freezing action here. This is, I wish I had a camera rolling. I honestly do. <laughs> I mean, just the theme song alone, This is it's it just needs to be on the list. I, I was working in broadcasting at the time, and I remember there's an article coming out about that time th- saying that people didn't go. care for... People didn't care for jingles at sitcoms, and this is like the end of the long, drawn-out opening. You remember shows in the seventies? You could spend two minutes watching the opening and the opening credits and everything, and then eventually get to the show. I think Maude was about five and a half minutes. Yeah, the Rockford Files. Yeah, yeah. The Rockford Files. Back when you well, had that was to a have, great theme song. It was a great though, theme yeah. song. It was a hit, top forty hit. Uh, and then in the eighties, you had a lot of the theme songs like we're hearing here, and. Eventually, it just, that's why you have almost no opening on TV shows anymore because people got burned out and bored by sitting through these things. Anyway, Jerry so, Seinfeld was the one who actually killed that. Oh, really? The Seinfeld show was, I think, was the first one that just really right. cold opens and, and just had a little yep. guitar riff, and that was it. It's yeah. true, and that was part of a consultant was behind. Anyway, so so the so, premise of this show <laughs> yes. it's two Manhattan bachelors, neat freak attorney David Tucker and unkempt salesman Jay Bostwick. Oh, wait. They decide to hire a hot blonde to be their maid, even though she has no experience ah. as a maid. I have no idea why they would hire her if she has no experience. Oh, never mind. I'm looking at a picture of her now. Okay, so it's basically like if the odd couple hired a hot blonde maid. That's what this is uh, basically the premise of the show. And it lasted one season on NBC, and pretty much every show was because each of these guys had girlfriends. And each of these, every show, it was like the girlfriend was trying to turn her boyfriend's head away from watching the hot maid vacuum in a short T-shirt and short shorts. (laughs) That was basically every plot of every episode. And (sighs) so, uh, and and, uh, Matt McCoy was the neat freak attorney. Uh, he was also the husband in uh, Hand That Robs a Cradle, if you remember. The Hand That Rocks a Cradle. Oh, right. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, good movie, wow. too. So uh, he, uh, his girlfriend was played by Stephanie Kramer, who starred in Hunter. You remember Hunter, the Fred Dreyer oh, detective series? Yeah, yeah, Stephanie Kramer. That got Mitch's attention over there. Hello. Yeah. So he, she was the girlfriend of the uh, attorney neat freak. So it huh. lasted one season on NBC, didn't go anywhere. So they said, let's bring it back in syndication three years later. <laughs> Matt McCoy apparently wasn't available, so we'll bring back a different actor to play his character. Uh, and Tom Villar, the unkempt salesman, came back. His girlfriend was gone, but it wasn't explained why she was gone. And uh, surprisingly, <laughs> the reboot didn't didn't make it uh, for whatever reason. So it uh, <laughs> technically lasted two seasons, the second one in syndication, and it, it bombed out. I guess they figured... Back in the 80s, that was a really big genre for hot blondes. You had Heather Thomas in The Fall Guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marky Post in uh, Night Court. She was on Fall Guy, too, once yeah, a while. That's right. That? And yeah. that, that was after Ellen Foley, who, yeah. uh, of right. course, right. Yeah. yeah. Heather Locklear was in Dynasty. I I'm still focusing yeah. on Ellen Foley, but yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. That's she was backup vocals. Yeah. 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 We're getting in all sorts of different genres and, and pop and, culture. And, and by the here, way, since since you're not the only one who can sub reference here, Brad, she was the person about which the clash wrote, should I stay or should I, I go? I did not know this. Mick Jones was dating Ellen Foley and kind of having this moment where he thought, should I, 
Well, stay or should I go? Uh, Ellen Foley, of course, uh, well, one of my favorite unknown singers of the late 70s, early 80s. But anyway, carry on, Brad. So my second worst sitcom of the 1980s, Terry Copley, Tom Villard, and for the first season, Matt McCoy in We Got It Made. So there you have it. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, hearing these theme songs, first of all, as you as you have all pointed out, yeah. these are all going to be earworms for the rest of the day. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's kind of interesting. It's like it's in the 80s, a time of immense musical creativity, you have these theme songs that really all sound exactly like 1970s theme songs. It's, or in the case of, what was this last one here? It sounded like we were going back to the 1960s or, or 1950s, perhaps. It's like I could see some room full of Tin Pan Alley crooners uh, banging out a, a theme song that, that takes them back to I don't know, having something they wrote for Paul Anka back in 1960. <laughs> yeah, but you know, if you watch television enough, and you shouldn't, but if you watch television enough, you notice... Too much to be healthy, you, yes. You, you notice that... The theme songs are all from are all musical genres that are that were predated by fifteen or twenty years. Oh yeah, right. They're still they're they're catching up. So in the eighties, you're talking about musical genres in the in the mid sixties, and in the seventies, it was musical genres of the fifties. When you're doing what was that one with the uh, Father Knows Best? I mean, that's like <laughs> right out of like nineteen yes. twenties, early nineteen thirties, big yeah. band music. I mean, it's just because they want to make it comfortable for you. Now we've had that a wasn't com- too comfortable, by the way. That's right. We've, we've had it we, now. Now uh, we got it. Made is famous for a, a number of B-list stars who became more notable, more famous for other things later. When we come back from a break, we've got a couple that are quite the opposite, let's just say. <laughs> Shows where careers went to die. Uh, I'm not giving away too much, but uh, by the way, join us on Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS, and they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is a third-generation Minnesota family-owned company. This winter, the Standard family would like to give your family all the comfort and joy that comes with a new high-efficiency furnace for as little as $59 a month. Standard's winter savings sale makes it easy to upgrade your old and unreliable furnace. With payments as low as $59 a month, you'll have plenty of extra spending money for the holidays. Not to mention the money you could be saving on your heating bills. Nearly 500,000 customers have trusted their family's comfort to Standard Heating since 1930. Check out their uncensored online reviews to see why so many of your neighbors put Standard on their good list. The Standard Winter Savings Sale. Learn more about how you can get a new high-efficiency furnace for as little as $59 a month at standardheating.com patriot. That's standardheating.com patriot. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Comfort you deserve. 
1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. I didn't know King was a Bobby Brown fan. Look at those moves over there. Wow. But my memory of Bobby Brown is my at-the-time wife going into labor with my oldest outside the KDWB Star Park. I can't say that. Yeah, I don't work there anymore. Uh, right after seeing Bobby Brown, actually, out on uh, First Avenue. Uh-huh. So that's, uh, yeah, my soft spot in my heart for Bobby Brown, Belle Bib DeVoe, and uh, Tony, 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 uh, for those of you who uh, want a little blast from the uh, the past. Uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network, uh, Mitch Berg, Ed Morrissey, Brad Carlson, King Banyan, uh, going over the worst sitcoms of the 1980s. And we just spent uh, a little time talking about a, a few sitcoms that were launching pads for people who want to do much, much, much bigger and better things. Now we're going to go through a couple that are kind of the exact opposite. Three in a row, in fact, yes. where careers went to uh, – inadvertent. We didn't know this was going to happen, but three in a row where careers went to die. And with the first, Ed Morrissey. Well, if you want to have success in TV sitcoms, you want to surround yourself with – Proven talent, yep. right? Yep. Not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. You want big names, somebody that is really going to attract an immediate audience, yep. and you want to have the 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 right moment for putting this all together, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So what do you get? You get Aaron Spelling producing a sitcom for Lucille Ball. Oh, <laughs> that's a license and, to print money. As in far as 1986, oh, yeah, which gave us Life with Lucy. <laughs> I've heard legends of this one. With, with a theme song right out of the 1940s, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sort of like Lucille Ball this, herself. Remember exactly. Like, remember, like I said, the genre is always like 15 years behind the musical yeah. genres. This is like 40, 40 years 40 behind. Years right? behind. Oh, at, at, at a time yeah. when retro was not hip, by the way. Not hip at all. Life with Lucy debuted in 1986 and lasted through 1986. I sense a theme here. That's now, right. I remember this because it was a huge deal that yeah. L- Lucille Ball was coming back to to comic television. She was she had just done the Stone Pillows thing, I think. Yes, it, yes, it, it, a great dramatic role. Yes, for it was television, mm-hmm. and they wanted to bring her back to do another comedy. So the setup on this is that Lucy, Lucy Barker is a grandmother living with her daughter's family while constantly getting into comic predicaments. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, a, that's actually not a bad structure. For, it, it worked for her twice. It, 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 that type of structure did work for her in the past. Um, in the past. The um, 50s, the 60s, the 70s. 70s I sat down to watch this, oh, and no. I was absolutely horrified throughout the whole thing. It was one pratfall after another, done for no particular reason. It was just this, no structure to it whatsoever, and... <gasps> And I thought at the time, how did this go so wrong? How did they get this so badly? And I did a little research on this. And part of the reason was is that Lucille Ball insisted on complete creative control, oh. didn't want to do a pilot, didn't want to do any testing, any audience testing whatsoever, just wanted to roll right onto television <laughs> to do this. She got um, Gail Gordon to come out of retirement to do oh, this. My. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I yeah. He was, he was a part of that. He was, he was part of the cast. And, and so it was... So bad that Aaron Spelling quit doing sitcoms after this. <laughs> wow. Aaron wow. Spelling said. She broke him. Aaron Spelling, Aaron Spelling said, if you can't succeed at doing a sitcom with Lucille Ball, then you shouldn't be doing sitcoms at all oh, and man. refused to do any more sitcoms <laughs> for the rest of his career. That, oh, wow. was, that was the end for Aaron Spelling. Uh, it was... Um, it was really, really bad, and and it was wow. unfortunate too because Lucille Ball basically felt like she was completely rejected, and that's a tough thing to go through at oh, yeah. the end of your career, you know, especially one that was. But it was just bad. She, she, it was the whole thing was bad. There was nothing good about this, including Lucille Ball. There's a, a story if you go to the IMDb website, which I love. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's yes. a story there where Aaron Spelling said he knew that the show was in trouble. She did a pratfall, a planned pratfall. And the audience didn't laugh. They gasped because they thought that, you know, the 80 or so year old Lucille Ball had gotten hurt. Wow. And oh, it was like, boy. you know, maybe this wasn't the comic vehicle for an 80 year old Lucille Ball. 
<laughs> just saying. It was so badly conceived, so badly executed that uh, I, I'm not sure that anybody really had a career uh, after this that was in this. No, uh, other than Aaron Spelling himself, uh, who who did go on to 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 other things. He and, did. He and, went and, on to he went on to dramas. He and, salvaged a career. Yeah, so. Beverly Hills 90210. I think was uh, after that. Right. That's, oh so, yeah. So I mean, he went on to do other things, but he was also the guy behind Love Boat too, right? Oh, that's and, true. And so. Yeah, that was that was the last sitcom that Aaron Spelling ever did. I never saw the show, but I remember I was working on a local talk show on the Evil Talk Empire at the time it came out, and I just it was it was one of those things, sort of like Manimal, uh, being a running <laughs> gag on uh, uh, David Letterman for years. Uh, Life with Lucy was was sort of a running gag among people who who like to wag about uh, about about the media. So who who greenlit this? Who thought this was a good idea? Just remembering the the conflagration, the catastrophe, the collapse of all the careers that that went that disappeared completely as a result of of, of this show, uh, and. And that's that was it was kind of tragic because of course Lucille Ball, one of the great pioneers of TV comedy, a, a, in her day. a giant in this yes. industry, yes. absolute giant in this industry, and pioneer. So, yeah, and so it was the sound of a career ending with not with a whimper but with a bang, as opposed to my number two, which was the sound of of multiple whimpers cascading on top of each other. Um, my show was well, sort of like the, by my number three, uh, Joni Loves Chachi. Uh, and my number one, which has yet to be heard, it was a spinoff from a show. Uh, in this case, a spinoff from a show about which one about which one might have expected better. But again, they spun off the parts nobody cared about. I'm talking about a show that, by the way, I will take my unpopular stance here uh, in just a moment. I'm going to play the theme first. And if it sounds familiar, it, it is familiar, but somewhat perverted out of its original form. Ring a bell? Oh yeah, yes, it's, yes. It's the theme. It's it's a cover. suicide is painless. Is That's the name right. Of the song. It's yeah. uh, this name of the song. It was of course well known as one of the most popular theme songs in TV history. A theme from Mash, except of course it's a highly stylized version, uh, a cover, if you will. It's, it sounds slightly distorted too. Well, yeah. it's coming off of YouTube. I think okay. somebody shot it off a TV with a cell phone okay. cam. Okay. Uh, which I don't know why when someone would have why had would a cell phone do cam that? in 1984. I don't, <laughs> I don't know either. Why would anyone do this show now? Now, for starters. You have a spinoff from MASH, one of the great TV shows of all time, nominally a sitcom. I mean, the situation was, in theory, Korea. It kind was of a really, dramedy. More it was a dramedy that. set. Uh, it was really about Vietnam, but it was like the movie itself was about Vietnam, but they set it in Korea to give it some distance, blah, blah, blah. And it was a landmark show. Okay, my unpopular opinion for its first five seasons. And then Larry Gelbart, uh, after about this, it coincided with the time Gary Berghoff left the show after things right, season five. Right, right. It was about a year after McLean Stevenson's rather ill-advised departure <laughs> from the show, of which more in a moment here. But uh, after that, after that, that changeover in writers that happened about the time, writers and showrunners and other people in the back room, uh, the show turned from really a show with excellent narrative, some brilliant writing, some brilliant acting, mm-hmm. some great scenarios that actually made you care about what was going on. To this endless series of, of fairly smug little one-liners that carried on for another five seasons, and of course leading to one of the biggest letdowns of a uh, of a of a show finale of all time. Uh, so uh, that's fine until the, lost until lost. Until lost. Yeah. That's true. Or Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, but but it was but but there was more to me to, to be had. We were told, and so uh, it was a spin-off of Mash featuring three care well. Two and a half characters from MASH that you really didn't care about all that much. I mean, God bless them all. Uh, Jamie Farr, Corporal Klinger, the guy who spent 11 years uh, trying to get an insanity discharge from the Army by dressing in a dress, who uh, basically spent uh, the last five years of the show doing one uh, Lebanese sitcom joke after another. I mean, you thought it might have been from, I don't know, Three's Company by the time we were done with the show. Right. <laughs> uh, Father Mulcahy, uh, uh, who uh, was the bittiest of the bit players uh, in in the original MASH series. Jocularity. Uh, jocularity is one big lie. That's right. And nobody remembers anything about William Christopher's father Mulcahy except jocularity, which is brilliant, by the way, in its time, but it's a thin, thin thread to build an entire show on. And, of course, Harry Morgan, uh, basically reprising his role as the guy in charge of the hospital. He's no longer a colonel. He's a hospital administrator now. And, and well, if it seems to lack a lot of the, of, of the zip of MASH, you're right. <laughs> So I let me understand this, yes. right? This is a this is in the eighties where now there have been all these T V shows based on hospitals. Yes. Right? And you decide to do a show where the central character is the hospital 
administrator. Well, all the other ones seem to include either DR or MD in their title. Oh, yeah. But no, Trapper but, John MD, which was another spinoff of it, it, Yes, that's it went true. Like five, six seasons. Actually, right, right, very Trapper John MD yeah. actually didn't suck. Right. No, right. it did not. <laughs> it's not bad. I liked okay. it. Yeah. It had its moments, yeah. yeah. Whereas after MASH, for some reason, they, they, they focused. I mean, okay, you, you could you could make a case for, for Harry Morgan being the, potentially the basis of a of a character worth uh, worth worth focusing on, but he had one third of the focus in a show that also spent time with Jamie Farr and William Christopher, William. two characters that had little enough chemistry to get them through a, a, a serious episodes of the original show in its heyday. Jamie Farr would get fired from Battle of the Network Stars for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> how do you give him a third of a show? Right. That's right. And so that would be my number two after. Mash, uh, and, and of course we should. Uh, we don't have enough time. We should go through some of our honorable mentions here because there are quite a few. And in fact, this leads to one of our other honorable mentions: uh, McLean Stevenson, who bailed from Mash after two or three seasons, uh, earning enough ire from the writers to have him killed off by a MIG over the Sea of Japan. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert, Pittsburgh! Come on, uh, if you weren't there, I'm sorry. Forty-five-year-old uh, uh, spoiler alert. That's right. <laughs> Leading us to what was the show? Uh, Hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. A spin-off of... Well, Hello, we Larry! <laughs> I will come back Hello, to that. Hello, Larry! Northern Alliance, AM 12A, the Patriot. Oh, there's more to go. Go no. We'll be right back. If you want to see the most amazing selection of fine watches in the Midwest, you have to visit the beautiful showroom at Wicks & Jewelers Bloomington. When you see their collection of the world's most exclusive watch brands, you'll understand why they're one of the leading watch retailers in the country. Most stores are lucky enough to carry just one of these brands, but Wicks & Jewelers carries all of the best watch brands under one roof. The expert staff at Wixens will provide you with expertise and service you can't find anywhere else. Wicks & Jewelers, just off 35W in Bloomington. Actual patient testimonials results may vary. The varicose veins and spider veins are hard to look at. I wanted to hide my legs because they were all blue and spidery. They feel like you're dragging bricks around. At Vein Clinics of America, we want you to know you don't have to live with varicose and spider veins anymore. It actually took my daughter pushing me to come into Vein Clinics of America, and I am so glad I came in. If varicose and spider veins are forcing you to hide your legs, if you're tired of the pain and discomfort, we can help. For more than 35 years, Vein Clinics of America has been the leading expert in the minimally invasive treatment of vein disease, and most treatments are covered by your insurance. I love Vein Clinics of America. It kind of has like a very big family feel to it. It was absolutely the best I could have ever experienced. My legs look beautiful, they felt beautiful, and I felt good inside. Call for your personalized consultation. 800-940-5500. 800-940-5500. That's 800-940-5500. My name is Tiffany Hall, and my son, Truett, attends Heritage Christian Academy. Truett is in kindergarten, and I got an email one day from his teacher saying that she was really proud of him that day because he had found a quarter, actually, at school, and she could see that he had really debated turning it in or keeping it, and that he had turned it into her, and she was just so proud of him and encouraged him in that um, being honest was the way to be. And I thought it was so sweet for her to, to message me that and tell me about the day. So we've had a few teachers there, and they've all been so wonderful. They have constant interaction with us, for sure, and they're always willing to be there for questions or help us with anything that we need help with as well. We have absolutely loved our time at Heritage Christian Academy, and we have been so blessed. Heritage Christian Academy of Maple Grove serves students from 3 years old to 12th grade. For more information about joining the Heritage Christian Academy family or to schedule a tour, visit heritageweb.org. That's heritageweb.org. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station. And that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hey, don't forget, second annual Christmas Mortgage Miracle. Get your rent or mortgage paid for the whole next year. 
Time's a-wasting down to the last week to sign up for this Christmas Mortgage Miracle. Just go to mtolmeythepatriot.com. Deadline is Friday. By the way, it's brought to you by Tom Matining of the New American Funding. It's a, it's so much fun last year. We're going to do it again. Get in on it. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 1280, The Patriot. Anybody? Anybody? Recognize the song? Oh, I am cooler than everyone. Cool. Guadalcanal Diary? Litany? Anybody? Nobody? Oh, uh-huh, okay. Uh, nobody. Did not get that one, no. Oh, well, it had to happen. Anyway, we, we no, no time for that. We got, uh, f- uh, we got, uh, we're all down to everyone's number ones right now yep. in more ways than one. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, because, well, never mind. I don't need to explain it, do I? Okay. No. There's no, no glossing it over here. Uh, that brings us back to uh, King Banyan. King Banyan, right. you have, uh, we have a bit of a theme that seems to have erupted yes, here. Yes, it has, but this also needs a little additional setup. So okay. the Carol Burnett show in the 1970s was a major oh, hit. Brilliant. Brilliant. One of those brilliant Love shows that was sort of a genre called sketch comedies and 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 if you're if you're a child of, of the of the where you of the 60s or 70s sketch comedies was was what you looked forward to and the carol burnett show my grandparents who had just moved into our house would have it on all the time i would go join them it was great one Same. of the skits they would always do is something called the family mm-hmm. and it included carol burnett uh, carol burnett uh, harvey as Corman. eunice yep. harvey corman as Tim her Conway. husband, Tim Conway, and Vicki Lawrence. Right. Vicki Lawrence, of course, is the is the other singer, because they would do music, and Carol Burnett could sing. I didn't think she was a great singer, but she was fine. Yeah. But Vicki Lawrence has this beautiful voice, yeah. and they would use her in, in, to do serious music as to, in between comedy sketches. Right. But one of the comedy sketches they would do is they'd have her dress up in a fat suit with this, this wig and play, play Thelma Harper, the daughter of Eunice. Right. When the show ends, they decide they decide four years after the show ends. Right. Four years after the show ends, they decide to make a show called Mama's Family. And this is the brainchild, in fact, of Harvey Corman. Oh no. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. This is the brainchild of Harvey Corman. And 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 so they make this song. And here's one here's the first thing that's weird. She used to Vicky Lawrence would sing this song during the Crow Burnett show. They decide for the show they don't want her singing. So you hear this is just an instrumental. Oh, the wow. best part of the the song, she wrote the lyrics and they buried them. Wow. Okay. So that's one thing about this. The second thing that happens here. Okay. So the show comes on, and as you might guess, like all our shows, this thing dies within a year or two. It gets bought into syndication. Who buys it? Lorimar. Lorimar is the famous production for Dallas, Knott's Landing. They do all those things. The only comedy show they ever had had that made any money was Eight is Enough back in the 70s. Okay. Eight is Enough is the only thing Lorimar ever made in comedy that that did anything. They squeezed out four more seasons of this thing in the late 60s. By this time, Harvey Corman had walked away from it like like a car that had broken down. He's like, I'm done. I'm out. Oh, wow. Okay. Carol Burnett never makes another appearance, even though she did on the one that had been on TV before. This whole thing just goes into a car crash, and but... Because TV at that time had all these independent stations, because this is a precursor to having, you know, uh, the, the national cable networks. And it's sure. kind of a precursor to, you know, HBO exists, but, but Cinemax still isn't really a thing yet. Right. Or, or any of the other, or Showtime. So these were selling these shows. And so these shows lived on for three, four, five, six seasons. So the thing to take away from this in terms of the worst sitcoms of the 80s is... Nobody would let them die because they needed content so badly. Even Mama's family got six seasons. <laughs> That's why I saw it. Probably in the late 90s, I saw an episode in syndication it comes somewhere. Up, it comes up with my, t- yeah, with my yeah. number one as well. How yeah. does this get six seasons? It's, it's <laughs> okay, Carol Burnett's gone. Harvey <laughs> Corman's gone. It's a one-note joke. It's, the, it's, it's joke one joke, and, and the only other actor that hangs around from the original show that stays with it to the end is Ken Berry. Oh, wow. Ken Berry, of course, the captain from... F Troop! F Troop. This and TV show that can never be shown on television now because the woke police will get you. And maybe RFD, speaking yep. of spin yes. yeah. yeah. Ken yeah. Berry, the star of spinoffs that uh, that always fly off in the middle of nowhere. By the way, Ken Berry of F Troop, uh, whose two co-stars, uh, Larry Storch and Forrest Tucker, pronounced very carefully. Forrest Tucker, Tucker, yes. Forrest Tucker. Forrest Tucker. Right. Right. Uh, uh, one of my favorite high school stories that I can never repeat on the radio involves oh. <laughs> being given an impromptu speech about Forrest 
Tucker. Aha, uh-huh. I think I know where that went. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not going to go any further right. into it. They All went right. on to do a Saturday morning television show not long after F Troop uh, named, trivia question, anybody? Ghostbusters. No. Really? Oh, from wow. which the oh my gosh, I do off. remember that. Yeah, that's right. I wow. do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> There's I love Larry Stork. That's right. Oh, he's brilliant. a great actor. And yeah. Forrest Tucker, brilliant character actor in his day. Yeah. He had his moments. He had his moments. He had his moments. At any rate, um, so yes, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten all about Ken Berry being involved there because that's where his career went to die. Speaking yes, of careers that wanted to die, that'll bring us to not Brad Carlson, but the show he's talking about. I say, where are you going with that segue? No, don't, no, okay. don't read anything into it. Brad. Well, my number one sitcom, well, first of all, uh, when you think of spinoffs, the, you remember the ones that are just enormous successes. Like All in the Family had, what, two or three spinoffs? Maud, The Jeffersons. Right. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. And then... You have uh, spinoffs like uh, Joni Loves Chachi, not not, not, not so, so good. much. Yeah, right. Huh? Uh, Mama's Family Take a Leaf spinoff, the Carol Burnett Show, the Farm spinoff from the Office. Okay, yeah. we're actually hello, launched. Larry. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, hello, right. Larry, hello, Larry. Larry. So when you think After of Cheers, Mash. Cheers, an iconic TV show from the early '80s to 1993 when it ended. Oh. Spinoff Frasier, phenomenal success great, as well. Great huge show. success. Yep. On uh, the other end of the spectrum, you have a show called The Tortellis. <laughs> Oh, no. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> so this is my number one, yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This is Billy Joel's... Uh, the, the, what was the, the, uh, the, 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 that one Billy Joel song? Right from that one album. From that one album, right? Yeah. Exactly. Man. For you the longest time, it kind of yeah. sounds like that. Yes, okay. So the Tortellis, of course, features Carla Tortelli's ex-husband Nick, because oh. Carla, of course, was the uh, Spitfire waitress on Cheers. Her ex-husband Nick occasionally showed up, and he remarried the tall. Blonde wife Loretta, who in real life Gene Kasem married to Casey Kasem. That's right. And of course, uh, Nick and Carla had uh, four <laughs> kids together. And how the show got started is about the fifth or sixth appearance that the Tortellis make on Cheers. You know, Loretta got caught Nick cheating, and the, it was a great one-liner. Nick comes into the bar, tries to get Loretta back. He says, "Loretta, I've decided to forgive you for bursting in on me and Miss Ramirez in the shower." You know, so. <laughs> So and she, of course, gets you know gets a you know she uh, uh, he has his control over her. But then finally, Carla encourages her to break free, get away from him as fast as you can, and she reveals that she used to be a singer. And her famous line is, "In fact, before I met Nick, I was on my way to becoming a taller, blonder, less Mormon Marie Osmond." <laughs> was her great line, one liner. So uh, oh, she boy. goes off to Las Vegas, and they and Carla convinces Nick, Nick, <laughs> we're not going to happen. Go back and get Loretta. He says, okay, I'll go back and get her. And then the, that's how the series of Tortelli starts. Literally, the next show after that is the debut of the Tortellis, where Nick is on a bus to Las Vegas dreaming that he's going to be sent to hell because he was such an awful person. He wakes up. He has this new awakening. He's going to go to Las Vegas to get Loretta. And they move in with Loretta's divorced sister, the sister's son, and... Nick and Carla's son, who's married to a gal, and they're now pregnant. So six of these people under one roof in a little <laughs> house in Las Vegas. Complete disaster. It, it, the series started in 1987, and it went till 1987. So 13 episodes. Dan Hedaya, great character actor. He's been yeah. in many different movies Wonderful and TV, sh- yeah. TV shows. Of course, Gene Kasem, uh, widow of the late Casey Kasem. Yeah. Uh, never understood that match. He was like six foot two and blonde, and Casey was this you know, real short Surely guy. Made, great yeah. voice. Yeah. A little dog named Stuggles. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. So. Keep, keep reaching for the stars. So the Tortellis, number one on my list of worst <laughs> 1980s sitcoms. Nick Tortelli, the loudish ex-husband of Cheers Waitress Carla Tortelli moves to Las Vegas to try and reconcile with his bimbo second wife, Loretta, who now lives with her more sensible divorced sister, Charlotte, and nephew, Mark. Comedy gold. How it didn't work, I have no idea. Oh, I'd forgotten that this was like way before the end of Cheers. Six years before the yeah. end of Cheers. Yeah, and I mean, James Burroughs, Glenn Charles, and Les Charles, the creators of Cheers, and of course, James Burroughs, creator of Frasier, Will and Grace, all these iconic hits. This one, not so much. So we're seeing here a, a, a lot of promise uh, squandered here. We've got Lo- Norman Lear. We've got spinoffs from MASH. We've Aaron got, Spelling. we got Aaron, Aaron Spelling. Spelling. Yeah. we got 
Well, we got Matt. We got Manimal. Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball. Well, it gets worse. We've got uh, we've got a couple more. Ed and I, <coughs> excuse me, have our number one score. Let's so take a break Can't and come right back to, to that. Oh, me either. On the Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot, gone nowhere. The worst. Is yet to come. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, by the way, you can join us on Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's N-A-R-N show. That's us. We'll be right back. AM 1280, The Patriot. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas. Or pain. Or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. Hi, this is Sebastian Gorka. Over the last few months, my fellow Salem talk show hosts and I have been speaking across the country on the War for America's Soul Tour. Thousands of people have attended these sold-out events in cities across the United States. We talked candidly about the attacks against our Constitution, the push for radical socialism, open borders, and other threats to our republic. Not everyone could get a ticket, so we filmed the events in Sacramento, California, and Tampa, Florida. These were incredible nights with a few surprises. You can now watch the events on demand or even buy the DVD. It's a front-row seat to watch me, Dennis Prager, Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Larry Elder, and even Michelle Malkin. We discuss the critical issues that are at stake ahead of our next presidential election, and we give you the truth. To watch it now, go to WatchSalemMedia.com. You will be glad you did. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through, and most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded on to the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. AM 1280, The Patriot. Nothing is real. We're down to the uh, the worst of the sitcoms. And you, you know just how I feel. I'm, I'm nauseous. I'm ready to... Out my dream, out of the shadows comes the nightmare of the craziness of two of the worst sitcoms ever written and produced. Nothing going to save you from these sitcoms. Slip into the darkness and rejoice in the fact that the dark side has passed behind us and sitcoms never got any worse. Or did they? Oh, yeah. Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM 12A. We have to do worst movies of the 80s one of these days. Oh, absolutely. That might be next. That might be next. To make a date for that one. So many good choices for that. I may have foreshadowed one of them right there. Uh, (laughs) Uh, At least one of my uh, top three, bottom three, whichever. Uh, Well, we got uh, one segment to go and two of the worst. And by the way, I mean, we're certainly uh, plumbing the bottom. Your mama's family, the Tortellis. I'd even forgotten about the Tortellis. Never saw that one, but I remember the premise. 
Uh, which brings us to, speaking of thin, threadbare premises, well, that brings us to Ed Morrissey's worst sitcom of the 1980s. Oh, this was so, so bad, and it lasted for four long seasons. It starts in 1985, and this, it's, this is the one where you say, forget the Terminator, this is Skynet. This one here, this, this show is Skynet. Of course, I'm talking about Small Wonder. She's oh. a small wonder, lovely and bright and soft girls. She's a small yeah. wonder. I gotta say, it doesn't ring a bell. Oh my! Uh, all right, every me, Saturday morning. Let me. Oh, no. no, this is a. Yeah, no, this was a uh, prime time show when it was running. Oh yeah, like they all were. Ted Lawson creates a robot. Vicky, which is apparently some sort of acronym. Voice Input Child Identicant. There you go! Played by Tiffany Brissett, the family, Ted, Joan, and Jamie, keep Vicky's identity secret and pretend that she is their daughter. She seemed perfectly normal. I am going out to play. (laughs) It 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 was basically this little girl was doing a worse job of voicing than the, um, War Games computer, the Whopper computer. <laughs> Shall we play a game? Uh, I am going out to play. Yes. I am to- I am totally normal. Oh no! Uh, and the whole thing is is set around this nosy neighbor, played by the fabulous Edie McClurg, by the way. Who oh is, no! Who is no? I love Edie McClurg. Oh, no, she's great. No, she's amazing. Yeah, great but, character. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they're very nosy. They're trying to snoop in on the whole concept for four seasons. Well, this child, by the way, is not growing. Ooh. I mean, which <laughs> should be a little weird, right? Yeah. Just a little bit strange. Yeah. Is uh, that they have to keep her identity secret for what reason? I have no idea. Um, but it was so bad. I mean, I remember watching this when it came on for one or two episodes. It's one of those ones that you watch and say, "Well, okay, so the pilot was really bad, but you know, pilots sometimes they're you know the pilot for." For Cheers wasn't great. If you go back and watch the pilot True. for Cheers, it wasn't very good. Um, yeah. It's you, you have to set up characters. You right. have to do. You have to establish things. Maybe it'll improve. The first whole season of The Office was a stiff for me, and it, it didn't get. And it, one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. Yes. So right. It happens. It happens. You have to let things develop. Right. This they should have really killed in development. <laughs> it was. <laughs> if, if if this is if oh. this is our future, if this is the future of artificial intelligence, then oh. I, I am going to go buy a cabin in Montana. And you'll never see me again for the rest of my, the rest of your lives. But I mean, this it, is, but, it was so bad. It but was, at least it only lasted one season. So does, uh, no, four long seasons. Yeah. Oh no, way. because yeah, it was it, in syndication. It was oh, what King was, was just yeah, talking about. Went to syndication. Get this: the same producers produced a second show with an adult robot oh, called no. My Living Doll. I remember oh! My Living Doll. Do you remember that? Yeah. It's, it's exactly the same premise for the show. It, it's an adult robot. I, and for some reason, people found that one creepier than this one. I'm not sure why. Can't imagine why. I'm not, I'm not sure why, actually. But yeah, they, they I, thought that this... The, yeah. I, 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 re- I remember... I, I've never saw either show, but I remember... The critical reception of My Living Doll being something like the pre-invasion bombardment of Normandy. <laughs> That's all I remember about it. I never did actually see it, but I do remember the the hatred, this the was, hatred it got. Yeah, this it, was um, um, Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar, and it was, oh, wow. uh, Bob, it was Cummings. Bob Cummings. Bob Cummings was oh, the star no. of this thing. This is 1964. I mean, it was 20 years earlier. And, oh, yeah. no. You would think Julie Newmar, you know, that's a, uh, that's a yeah, camp yeah, mess, yeah. but well, not so we, much. We've already figured out how you choose series to right, watch. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yes. yeah, I, so I, got, I got you figured out. That's, uh-huh. that's my number one worst sitcom of you the 1980s. You can give me my 1980s movies right now, wonder. King Banyan, yeah, There so. you go. Oh, that's right. Wait a minute. I got to say this. I, I, I got to do that better. I didn't do that. But that is my number one sitcom <laughs> of the 1980s. Small one. Small one. Oh, well, well played. Well, I, played. I, I, mine, uh, we've had a number of themes within themes here, and mine, mine is, uh, well, I'll just run through my theme. I, of course, Johnny Loves Chachi, my number three, a spinoff from a show that had long since seen better days and had, and, and had uh, swerved yeah. off into, into, into self-parody. So, uh, happy days, the last, I don't know, 12 seasons of and Happy Ted Days. Ted McGinley, by the way, by that time. Oh, yeah. Which that's is, right. You know, you're, you're clear that, that, that you're over. Yeah. No, Pat right. Morita was, uh, he was, yeah, right. his, yeah. his career was, he still uh, was headed. 
heading upwards. The aftermath, I mean, a spinoff of the worst of the of the least interesting parts of a great sitcom, mm. not sitcom, actually uh, dramedy. But here we here we find a a sit uh, a sitcom that was a spinoff of a show that was the dregs of American culture, even at its peak. And it, by the way, it was a sh- it was a show that dominated the TV ratings when I was in I don't know late junior high school and uh, carried on. Actually, it was on the air for like seven or nine seasons. I yeah, forget uh, seven eight seasons. A, a long yeah, yeah. time. And 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 you f- and it, it was it was critically savaged. I mean, it, the bombing of Dresden was 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 light compared to the critical reception this show got throughout its entire run. Uh, and so what could possibly go and, and by the way, I'm 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 not gonna tip off the show that, that it's spun off from just yet. But if you're gonna take a show that was universally hailed as one of the most noxious uh examples of American entertainment through the late nineteen seventies into the mid nineteen eighties, take the most inane uh awful part of that show and build an entire series around it, you got no, not the sound you get after eating a gas station burrito. <laughs> Although the entire show was reminiscent. Not ringing a bell yet, guys? Uh, I, not no, so no, much. No. The Ropers. Yeah. A spinoff from Three's Company. Stanley. Stanley. A show entirely built around. So, I mean, first of all, it's a spinoff of a terrible show, Three's Company, right? John Ritter. Blasphemy, Mitch Burr. That's right. Uh, a, a show where John Ritter, in 40 years ago now, 40-plus years ago, has to play a, a guy who's trying to move into a house and, and be a roommate with a couple of of women uh, by pretending that he's gay. This is something that would not play on television today, and for that I think we can thank woke culture, if nothing else. Well, i got to remember, though, that it's actually edgy for its time, because yes. you never even mentioned the word this gay is true. on television. It was a lot way. of double entendres where Mr. Roper would look at the camera with that smirk. You know, yeah, that's that. right. <laughs> and, 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 and Mr. Roper, of course, uh, played by uh, Norman Fell, a, a character actor of some uh, no, renown, and, and his wife, Audra Lindley, his, his rather... I don't affection-starved uh, wife who who, uh, who and that was the entire joke. Are we right, sure Mr. Roper wasn't gay? I well, mean, my gosh, your wife not... has thrown herself at you, man. Yes, this was like this was like the entire premise of Married with Children. Yeah. <laughs> Only not funny. That's not an excellent the... point. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so 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 you have a terrible spinoff of a terrible sitcom, which itself has been a cultural punchline. By the way, Norman Fell left the show, the peak of his career, uh, and turned it over to Don Knotts. This is, of course, where Don Knotts' career went to die. And it's, by the way, amazing how many of the, the stars of these sitcoms expired not long after yeah, these but, dreadful shows left but the But you've got to be careful, because there's one star of the, of the Ropers that ends up actually making it. Uh-oh. Jeffrey Tambor. That's, That's right. Plays the That's neighbor. right. You beat me to it. That's right. Yeah. Je- uh, Jeffrey Tambor goes on to much bigger and better things. Yes. Of course, he was he, he was the odd little side uh, sidekick and side character. Yeah, he's so the neighbor. Many shows. Don't you think he's trying to find all the copies of the Ropers and, and, and buy them up and bury them? <laughs> you know, You'd have to you know, Send them to the Neptune Society or That's something, right. you know? That's right. Well, I think we have our mission clear for the next time we do this broadcast here, yeah. folks. Uh, worst movies of the 80s. Oh, there's so many possibilities. Absolutely. By the way, if you've got suggestions of what you want us to to beat up uh leave it on twitter hashtag narnsha let's do this again guys too. absolutely, absolutely. too much fun Ed Morrissey, king banyan from the king banyan radio show saturday mornings 9 11 brad carlson come up tomorrow with his real show from 1 to 3 on am 12 of the patriot i'll see you all next week god bless you all god bless america smoking, chew, and vaping with a special half-price offer from AM1280 The Patriot and Breathe Freedom from Nicotine. Get one program for $250. That's half price for the faster, easier, and more effective way to quit smoking. There's a limited number of these half-off deals available. It's just $250 for one person, and you could save thousands this year. Call The Patriot today at 651-405-8800. That's 651-405-8800. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. 
The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. There are many perks to being a member of the Freedom Fan Club. Join this month and you could win a copy of In the Cauldron, Terror, Tension, and the American Ambassador's Struggle to Avoid Pearl Harbor by Lou Paper. This is not just another book about Pearl Harbor. It's the remarkable story of Joseph Grew, America's ambassador to Japan. Sign up today by visiting am1280thepatriot.com. Just click on Fan Club. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb, not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right. Every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-life across America, the billboard people. AM 1280, the 